and welcome, citizens of Dark Crow City. You have arrived at episode 30 of Dark Crow's Comics Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry E., and I'm joined by my co-host, Victor Young. If you are new to the show, this is a podcast where two nerdy guys brew themselves a nice hot cup of coffee, and then we sit down to break down, analyze, and discuss some of our favorite comic books. The coffee we'll be brewing today is called Buena Vista, roasted by Rosso Coffee Roasters. The comics we'll be discussing today are Batman number 56, Justice League number 9, and Blackbird number 1. If you like the show, please hit that subscribe button on the podcast service provider of your choice. We can be found on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify, and alongside with hitting that subscribe button, let us know how we're doing. Leave us a review and a rating, and make sure to spread the word about the show. So, before we get into the meat of the show, let's uh, catch up a little bit on the week. How have you been, Victor? Um, yes? I've been good. Oh, okay. NBA preseason. Nice. Uh, certain teams are rolling over other teams, as expected. <laughs> uh, Raptors are looking pretty good, uh, minus the fact that Norman Powell went down on, <laughs> was it, uh, some Friday. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's anything serious, though, so... Uh, it looked like a knee thing. It looked like a knee thing, so. but so far, no like real significant news has come out about him. Yeah, yeah. So either it's really good or it's really bad. We'll see. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, just really just trying to prep for the NBA season. The first game I believe is uh, October thirteenth. Well, that's coming up. That's coming up. That's coming up in like a week. So, so I'm excited. Uh, <laughs> Houston's looking really. Good. Houston's looking real good. We thought, I don't know. We thought they were gonna go. They were gonna go down because they lost some key reserve players, like key. They lost, yeah, they lost Trevor Reza, which was like their main like guy defensively. Yeah, and, and they lost Luke, right? and they lost yeah, Luke Vamute. Yeah, but uh, they got Carmelo Anthony in return. So, <laughs> I, I mean, it, it bolsters their offense. Yeah. I just don't know how well Carmelo will fit in as the season goes along mm-hmm. because he's he his, needs the ball to thrive. He's he's. His style of play is outdated in today's league. Yeah. Unfortunately. Right? Yeah. Like, a lot of the league today is very much spot-up shooters. Mm-hmm. Right? Spot-up shooters and guys that can create their own shots. Uh, but Carmelo Anthony is uh, <laughs> he's a little old school. So <laughs> Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how he fits in. What about you, Jay? What you got going on this past week? Just a lot of reading. Still, as usual, always catching up. Always catching up. There's always too many books out there. There's too many things going on <laughs> well, yeah. in the comic world. Based on our, uh, if, I mean, ladies and <laughs> gentlemen, if you missed our previous episode, our bonus episode, you will see how many books are really coming out every month. <laughs> <laughs> and we covered like what nine out of like the four hundred that are coming out. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, exactly. But because there's just so many publishers out there that are still doing great stuff, right? They're just not getting, like, the mainstream recognition. Yeah, type a lot thing, of publishers, but, a lot of you know. uh, content creators that are sort of going out of their way to to get their own stuff recognized without the big, I guess, big three, so to speak. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so, yeah. lots of stuff to read, but uh, unfortunately... Only so we, much we, time. Yeah, we, we just can't get around all of them. <laughs> yeah, but aside from that, we had our... Um, we had our Canadian Thanksgiving. We did dinner. We did, you know. So that was good. That, that was, was delicious. Nice. Yeah, it was très bien. Yeah, <laughs> I I have now dinner lined up for the next two weeks. 
It's dinner. <laughs> breakfast, so lunch, much. and dinner. Yeah, there's so much leftovers. <laughs> <laughs> so I got a bunch of that going on. But uh, but yeah, overall, just a lot of prepping for that. And then just catching up on books. Girls of Radvanica came out. So for ma- for Magic. Yeah, so I, saw, pretty fun. I saw all your... Uh magic cards lined up downstairs yeah i thought you were planning opening your own shop i just i didn't know (laughs) (laughs) i was was like what are you planning to tell me this jerry (laughs) i buy two bundles i'm opening up my shop (laughs) (laughs) you just you rent out a you lease out a whole spot but you only have like the two gills of ravenica packs and you're just selling singles (laughs) (laughs) so you would you you like a would you like a plains would you like a mountain (laughs) really making your money back there jerry you know a basic lens (laughs) (laughs) All right, so uh, why don't we go brew that coffee? We'll come back and talk about some comics. Let's do it. And we're at the comics segment. In this segment, what we do is we take some of the newest books to hit the stands on a weekly basis, and we take some of those books, and we break them down, we analyze them, and we discuss them about them, and uh, hopefully give you some new insights onto some of these books. So before we get into the books, though, we're going to talk a bit about the coffee that we'll be having throughout the show. This week's coffee. Nope. I'm not even going to wait. This He's week's coffee. <laughs> I, was tr- I was trying to elegantly bring you into the... Go ahead, Victor. <laughs> I love you, Jerry. What do we uh, got? <laughs> this week's coffee is called Buena Vista. Yep. And it's from a region in Guatemala named Antigua. And it's been roasted by Rosso Coffee Roasters out in Calgary, Alberta. The good old central Canada. That's central, right? I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm I think, think it's... I want to say West End, but... It's West no for us. Yes, well, yeah. But then we're... Okay, so anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, we did not do well in geography. I didn't. I actually almost <laughs> failed it in grade nine. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't do well in geography either. I was like, why do I need to know where things are? <laughs> <laughs> why do I... <laughs> that doesn't make me more Canadian. <laughs> But I think this is the first time we're having something from Rosso, right? First time, yeah. Yeah, first I time. think so. Yeah. yeah. So we will enjoy this experience as we talk about the books. <laughs> All right. So the first book we'll be talking about is Batman number 56. It's written by Tom King with art by Tony S. Daniel on pencil, Danny Mickey on ink, colors by Tommy Mori, and letters by Clayton Cowles. Now, before we start talking about these books... Spoiler warning, due to the nature of the show, we will be breaking down some of the things that are happening in the book. We will try to sway away or we'll give you ample time for spoilers, just in case if you want to go read it first, which you should have. They're great books. So if you haven't read these books already, go to your local comic shop, pick up the book, read it, then come back and listen to the segment. Okay, so Batman number 56. This is part two of the Beast of Burton arc. So this is immediately after well I guess almost immediately after what happens with uh, Dick Grayson on the previous issue almost immediately after some time has passed a little bit of time yeah yeah so what did you think about this one Cage Beast is a beast bro okay (laughs) (laughs) he is a monster um I enjoyed it and the reason why I really enjoyed this particular issue is because you get to explore KG Beast as a character uh, within this particular issue. Even though it's really mostly the back and forth between him and his father, it tells a lot about him. Okay. Um, and, all, and, and I, I, 
I, I like the, the little bits of comedy they add in there too. Like Batman is having a full on casual conversation while fighting off hundreds of ninjas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was absolutely amazing. Uh, Even and, Bronze Tiger said, this is an excessive amount of ninjas. <laughs> yeah. And Batman's just like, whatever. <laughs> I just need my information. <laughs> Even when he was um, talking to, oh, shoot, what's his name? Uh, the the guy that looks like a musketeer. Oh, <laughs> I forgot his name actually. Uh, I gotta you keep going. Yeah, even I'll when he was, the name. even when he was talking to him, like it was just there was a very good chance that <laughs> that he was gonna try and kill Batman. But again, Batman just kept it super casual. Was just there for the information. He obviously let himself get tied up. Yeah, right. Uh, guy's name's Canto. Canto, yeah. Uh, so I mean, <laughs> just those little bits of. It's just so Batman, and, and, and I appreciate those moments. But uh, yeah, the overall, very good issue. <laughs> Completely calling a bluff. Yeah. <laughs> just saying, oh yeah, by the way, <laughs> I've yeah. got a signal in my tooth for the new gods. It's like, no, Batman, you don't. <laughs> but Kanto is like, hmm, maybe he does. Yeah, that was pretty cool. The interaction was pretty good. Don't put it past Batman to, to, to be able to do it. That's, that's what I say. Well, yeah, exactly. I to be honest, I think like half the time when Batman says he knows something or like was gonna do something, he probably won't. Yeah. But just people are so afraid that he will. But he could. He and could. That's the whole thing. He hundred yeah. percent could. Yeah, yeah. So in this book for me, I feel like it's harping back a little bit to that arc where it was uh, I am suicide. Okay. It was sort of that three parter bane thing. Yeah. And at the beginning of this run. So he went into he went into Bane's domain, right? And basically got beat up by Bane mm-hmm. to set him up inside of the place so that he the he can get his allies inside. Yeah. So he set that whole thing up to get the psycho pirate, but he went in there with a plan. So the idea for me is at the time he went on this and the dialogue at the time was very much like you know that like two words him going I'm gonna break your back I'm gonna break your back and blah 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 and he goes in and he goes on this straight tangent just two words mains domain mm-hmm. so he had support at the time right and he went in there and he had Catwoman beside him right yeah. knowing that Catwoman was standing beside him the whole time mm-hmm. in this issue I feel like he's going through the same path to take out the KG Beast. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't have that type of support beside him. He has these guys giving him information, but it's him getting the information and he's going on the straightforward path towards KG Beast. I don't think he knows or cares whether or not it's a dangerous mission for him. He's just going straight there, but he doesn't have that support now. Yeah. You know, so I feel like it's it's sort of taking a look at the way Batman operates with or without the support around him and and the type of decisions he will make. Mm-hmm. I find that sometimes some of the decisions might be a little brash. Right. In a sense. Right. But, you know, he's, he always goes into every situation prepared. Mm-hmm. But he does, it does seem like he's going into this a little unprepared and just doing whatever he can to get to point B. Mm-hmm. Right? But even if, even an unprepared Batman 
is still a prepared Batman. <laughs> Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, it's prepared. He's prepared to regular standards, like to regular people's standards. Yeah, but this KG Beast. Though. It's KG Beast, and KG Beast is KG Beast knows he's coming. <laughs> yeah, right. So, I feel like. But that's the other thing too. I also feel like Batman knows that he knows he's coming. He must at least know yeah. that much. He must at least know that much. Yeah. So I mean, he must have. I mean, he might not be like a hundred percent prepared for every particular scenario that KG Beast might throw at him. But I feel like he's here's the way that I see it playing out. Cuz at the end of the at the end of the issue, spoiler warning once again. You've been warned. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh when he finally makes it to uh, KG Beast's father's house, mm-hmm. and and then KG Beast hears him coming. The way that I see it playing through is they're going to have a pretty good battle. KG Beast is probably going to win. And then we're going to, they're going to size us up for a round two. That's the way that I see this playing out. Because it's also, I mean, you you will know a little bit better than I do. They could end this in, in three issues as well. Yeah, most likely. Like they could end it by next issue and then start something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The arcs in this series so far have not been dragged on like with the exception of and I wouldn't say dragged on for that but that was like a planned 12-parter with the exception of War of Jokes and Riddles that Mm -hmm. was a planned 12-parter right but for the most part they're short arcs so most likely could finish by next now what are the chances this is just the theory what are the chances that Batman beats KG Beast and then he's recruited by Bane right after I feel like he's already been sent in by Bane do you think that's the case? With KG Beast? Yeah. Yeah, because I think they said here that KG Beast got paid for it, no? Oh, yes, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes, you're right. So, hmm. 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 No, I'm pretty sure it's part of the plan. Pretty sure it's part of the plan. A whole lot of just... With with Bane just messing with Batman. Wow. Yeah. A whole lot of things just happening all at once. Yeah. This is all just coming to to light in my own head. <laughs> it's it's cool because it's it's one of those just exactly how far of a reach does Bane have, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I think Batman has always Batman has his role gallery and he's always sort of taking them on one by one, right? Right. But what would happen if one of them decides to recruit the other ones to? To try to break the bat systematically, eh, the and bat, this the, is kind of what you're seeing. The bat will still come out on top. I don't know. Like so far, it's made him question his religion. Made him made him question his life. It made him question everything. But it's Batman, and they took, <laughs> and they took out a son. Yeah, in, in a sense. In a they sense. We, we, him, still, we still know what really happened. Yeah, but they they called Dick Grayson his son, right? They're like, I yeah. went after his son. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, this is. <laughs> see, now I just want to like fast forward like ten issues and see what's happening. And see what happens there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because now you know, like with KG Beast as sort of like the second step, mm-hmm. right? Because the first step was taking Catwoman away from him, right? So the second step with KG Beast, like how many more steps are there going to be? Like yeah. how systematic is this going to go? Yeah. Right, like that, and I think ultimately at the very end, it's just Batman questioning everything, yeah, about his life, right? And then ultimately, 
coming maybe coming to the conclusion that he doesn't need to be the Batman because he needs to figure himself out first. Right. right? Or this whole ordeal is going to help him figure himself out. And they'll, I, he'll that's just, the path I think they're going yeah. on, right? And, and he'll come out a better Batman at the end of everything. Yeah. But if, see, if he comes out a better Batman at the end of it, him and Selina doesn't have a happy ending. But I, I feel but I think like that's, that's going to be part of his realization, though. Yeah, but I feel like with 50, with the wedding issue, is him now needing to realize what it is he values more. Right. Right? Um, and coming to the realization that he can't be both, mm-hmm. you know? So he can't have both. But I feel like if they're going to hit him with that tragedy at 50, well, I guess tragedy in a sense. Yeah. If they're going to hit him with that hardship at 50, then the arc, I think, following, all the arcs following is slowly picking himself back up towards it. Right. Right? We'll have to see. Yeah. Like, I... I kind of feel bad for Batman. <laughs> like yes, he, he has so much. He has going so on. many enemies. Like yeah. I mean, every villain does. I mean, every hero does. Every yeah, hero yeah. has a lot of villains, but I don't think we've seen them quite work against one man to this extent. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you could maybe argue the Flash and his role galleries, but they come nowhere close. Yeah. In terms of, and what I they think can do. Flash has Flash and his role galleries have an understanding towards each other. Where his role galleries try their best, and Flash says, "Listen, I'm very fast. I can just end this now." Yeah, right. And then even his role galleries have a bar that they hang out at, and Flash like sometimes show up at. Yeah, and just chills. And just chills. <laughs> or asks for information. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they have a certain understanding. In Batman, I guess to a certain extent with Arkham Asylum, but you know, not quite the same as Flash. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the Flash is just. His like his role gallery is just not on the same level. Yeah, and Flash is always just like, guys, stop. Yeah, like guys, come on. Like I've I keep letting you guys go, in hopes <laughs> you guys don't do this again, and then you go and do it again. Like come on now. <laughs> like, come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Well, I'm gonna stop you guys here. We'll just meet back at the bar, okay? <laughs> uh, one part I really liked in this issue was the part where he's telling Alfred. Um, he's like because Alfred's like can you find him and he's like uh, yeah he's a professional killer he's one of the best he's very good at just disappearing he mm-hmm. covered all his tracks and then Alfred's like but sir can you find him he's like yeah I'll find him <laughs> so he, he already yeah. knows he got this covered yeah. he, he already knows where he is so. Alfred is already like one of the most powerful guys in the DC universe <laughs> Alfred, yeah but you can you can see like the sadness in Alfred's face like the sadness yeah. and anger in yeah. his face and he's just like sir you ha- can you find him like you gotta yeah. find him yeah and Batman knows yeah I can find him at that moment I thought it was really good I think the dynamic between Batman and Alfred the way that Tom King writes is very smart yeah it's, it's a very smart way to look at them that they have this father-son relationship going as well they Mm -hmm. have this banter going on and when things get serious they have that going as well you know so yeah yeah, that relationship's done really well uh my favorite part of um this issue is actually the the conversation that kg beast has with his father Mm -hmm. that's one of my most favorite things and and it's it's a very it's very telling about kg beast because even when his father asks him you know why keep me alive you've killed everybody else your brother sisters your mother you've killed everybody why keep me alive 
And he says, it's because you were strong. And and I loved you for that. And then and then he goes and he kills him. Right. Yeah. And then I was like, but at what point was he considered did he consider him no longer strong and no and weak? And it, I it was when he presented his father with the drink. And then as soon as his father drank that shot, after twenty six years of no drinking, that's when KGB's considered him to be weak. Mm-hmm. And then he killed him. Yeah. And I was like, ooh. <laughs> way to set him up <laughs> yeah he set him up and but I think it's also for me the turning point was when the father says then that's your weakness mm-hmm. and that's when KGB shot him yeah yeah because he wanted to be strong and he's still constantly like even throughout the, the, the conversation in this book he's still trying to impress his father yeah right he's still he's basically he's saying like you know I had to cut off my arm. I had to escape. Yeah. And he's like, why does Batman still have two arms? Yeah. And then he's like, well, you know, I had I had to escape. I had no choice. Yeah. Right. And then he's like, you should go and get the, you should have gone and went after his arm. I'm surprised Batman still has two hands. Yeah. So. And then he's like. He's still looking for that approval because yeah. he still sees his father as strong. Right. Yeah. So the drink being one of them. And I think the other one is ultimately when the father tells him um, after, after. KGB tells the father, "Hey, um, I kept you alive because I, you were strong, yeah, right." And then the father says, "And that is your weakness." Mm-hmm. And then he wanted to turn around and just, yeah, he didn't want that weakness anymore, right? Mm-hmm. So, I think that was the turn. I think his father sort of resolved, knowing that he was probably going to die that day too. Yeah, oh, of course. I mean, sure. not that he was living much of a life anyway, to be honest. But, yeah, uh, but I think he knew in that moment that. Because I don't think his son went goes to visit him often, at, or at all. I think that might have been the first time that he's seen KGBs in a very long time. I think so. Yeah. And I think he knew in that moment as soon as he saw his son, he's like, "Well, that's my time. Might as well take another drink, right?" <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, there was a. I really enjoyed that, that <laughs> sort of conversation, and I think that uh, really set the tone for the rest of the issue. Yeah. And even at that point, he was saying, he was telling his father, just, just sort of catching up on it now, he's telling his father, like, um, I took something else from him. I took the money, you know, a lot of money for the privilege to take his son and stuff like that. Yeah. Right? And the father's still like, okay, yeah, that's all great and stuff. Arm is an, better. <laughs> an arm is more important. <laughs> yeah. What good is a son, right? And it's that's very telling of their relationship. Yeah. Like, he very much... Hasn't re- had doesn't really approve yeah. of KGBs. Right? Yeah. Um, okay, so do, do you have any uh, ending comments on closing comments on K- Batman Fifty Six? KGBs is a beast, man. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's interesting to see where it goes because I I do see it kind of mirroring some of the earlier arcs in the series, mm-hmm. and I think it's done by intention. Right. So. We'll be interested to see where it goes. Yeah, I want to see who's next. Like who's who's, <laughs> who's, who's next, next in line? List? Yeah, who's next in lines to to mess with the Batman? Gotham Girl, maybe. Mm. That yeah. will that will come would, at some point. I think that will come at some point. And I think that um, that reveal at the end of fifty, with all the all the villains just uh, sitting around or standing around. Yeah, it'll be cool to see when Thomas Wayne comes through. Right, because Thomas Wayne. The Flashpoint Thomas Wayne is in that picture. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy if he somehow recruited someone from a different timeline. It would be crazy. <laughs> like, how did you pull that off? Exactly. 
that or it's someone impersonating to trigger something what if it's the batman who laughs pulling the strings behind the scenes whoa it mm, i think that might be a little far-fetched uh, yeah I th- it'll be cool but i think it's a little far-fetched because i don't think tom king is tying this into the main uh, continuity so. for justice league yeah you know. But it would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty that would explain Thomas Wayne. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's true. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to our second book, and that's Justice League number nine. It's written by Scott Snyder with art by Jorge Jimenez, colors by Alejandro Sanchez, and letters by Tom Napolitano. So Justice League number nine. I'm a little, I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit torn about the direction of Justice League nine. Yeah, because I felt like. It's a good look at some character stuff with the Justice League. Yeah. It's a good look at at them trying to find and understand what they consider to be home and what they consider to be the best showcase of themselves. Mm-hmm. But the coronavirus, to me, felt added on and just felt a little forced. But that's exactly what they were, though. Batman was forcing the coronavirus on Superman. No, for sure. Yeah. The coronavirus... I think the coronavirus in the story makes sense for for Batman to do it to Superman. I felt in this issue, I didn't need that part in the story. Yeah. You know? Because I, I felt like I could have gotten more with just what they were doing. And what they were saying about how they felt with regards to their home. Right. Because a lot of things in this story for me is kind of jumping. It's just kind of jumbled and all over the place. Mm-hmm. You know, out of nowhere, Hawkgirl just goes mad and just attacks. Like, you know, part of a training, part of a yeah. sparring segment, but yeah. just goes like off the hooks on on, uh, on Martian Manhunter. Oh, she was just confused. Yeah, but like, it came as just like this random part of the book. Well, I mean, it had to come at some point. <laughs> they might as well introduce it now when they're training. At least that makes more sense. Yeah. Right? Because then, because at least it's a one-on-one with Martian Manhunter. And then we can now see that one-on-one conversation happening. Yeah. Right? Because, I mean, to me, it would have been more random if it happened at another point in, in the storyline. Mm-hmm. Like, they're just like in the middle of the swamps or something. Did you know? It's like, whoa, 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 what? <laughs> We're on a mission here. <laughs> and, but like, that's the thing. And just Batman calls him, is like, guys, come quick. We have a fight on our hands. And then there's the fight. And then nobody else showed up. And then the fight resolved itself. Well, they, 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 they showed up right. They showed up right when the, um, sorry, what did they call the main uh, coronavirus again? Uh, it the was Mega. Was it the Mega? Yeah, Don, Don Mega. Yeah, so he was calling them just in time for them to all try and fight the Mega, right? Again, I I understand why the coronavirus were there, because the the ultimate message that that Batman was trying to get at was that you know maybe we just need to take a step back and face something else in the meantime. So then we can all sort of come together, collect ourselves, and then we can go back to dealing with the bigger problem at hand, right? He understood that everybody needed a break from, because I, because heroes in crisis is 
already coming off another huge battle, right? So it's just battle after battle after yeah. big battle. And yeah. I think he understood that everybody needed a break and to try and recollect themselves and for the league to recollect themselves as a group, mm-hmm. right? So I understood why. Uh, but I also understand what you mean by it was forced, right? But it it was forced as a, as a situation just as much as it is forced on us as a reader, right? Because it didn't need to happen, but Batman made it happen anyway. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, it, I understood it. And ultimately, it, it I still find that it, it served its purpose. Yeah. Ultimately. Yeah. Um, even though that that big battle at the end didn't happen, the message got across because that event occurred. Oh, no, for sure. Right? Yeah, for sure. So, but I, I don't understand why why Batman felt he needed to stop Superman from rebuilding the moon. I, because I think he wanted him to focus on the coronavirus instead. Instead but, of rebuilding. But why? Because, because he, he sent the coronavirus. Right, because he wanted the League to focus on it. As opposed to them focusing on the totality or whatever, right? He wanted to change their mindset a little bit to focus on something else, right? So he said, okay, just like, just stop the corona. Okay, no, but right, but the, the coronavirus, they're coming. Everybody, we need to come on, guys, let's do it. I know, but the moon, okay, just leave, leave the moon for like one second. They're, like that, that was his mindset. Yeah, but right? see, to me, is why? Like, for, okay. <clears throat> I get that like Batman Batman is just laying there like yeah. going through surgery right yeah and this guy's going out to becoming, <laughs> becoming war machine <laughs> um it's I, I think it's it's partially because like Bruce doesn't want to sit on the sideline so Bruce doesn't want to go through that process and wanted to like focus in on the dangers and stuff like that and want to like the lead to stay sharp yeah but what I don't like I felt like is a little bit weird because everybody was doing stuff it's not like they weren't and Superman is putting together a moon that they destroyed yeah right and there's actual real repercussions about the fact that there's no moon yeah right so Superman being Superman wanted to rebuild the moon the way it was and mm-hmm. wanted to show that you know you don't have to take shortcuts to rebuild the moon you, know, yeah. you want to go piece by piece put together the moon like Lego for yeah. some reason but having said that why I, I, I just didn't understand why Batman felt the need to stop that process and to focus on coronavirus that he himself brought in that he signaled to come in to attack Superman, I, it's, I and then called off last second. So, for, because for me that doesn't make any sense. I just, I, I yeah. Like I, I don't think Bruce wanted to stop the moon from being rebuilt. I just think I think Bruce wanted the moon to be rebuilt a different way, so that it was just faster, right? Like he just wanted that to be over with, so then they could focus on the coronavirus. <laughs> Right? No, but the coronavirus is his problem that he created. Right. And that's why he was rushing Batman saying, hey, let's just do this like another way. Like he's saying, let's do it by magic. Let's do it by this. But he just wanted it to be done instead of Superman piecing it back together piece by piece. Yeah. Right? So then, then he can go and focus on the coronavirus, right? Now, 
to sort of add to your point, even Batman, I mean, Superman thought it was a little silly. Yeah. Superman's like, come on, Bruce, like... I know this is you. Just call it off. He's like, okay. <laughs> so to add to your point, Superman thought it was silly too, right? But I understood the intentions of Batman. Yeah, I just felt like it was. I mean, like the intention yeah. was, he wanted to put the danger there so that they would like, oh, okay, let's just finish this quick, and then they could do it the way that Batman wants, which yeah. is to reinforce the moon mm-hmm. to what he would call the Bat Moon. Yeah. So. He was gonna go with it that way, and then that's why he put the Corona voice there. But I felt like it was kind of a a roundabout way of going at that situation, and then you couple that situation with what the rest of the league is doing on their downtime. Yeah, and I felt like it was just it was conflicting. There were a lot of conflicting things going on, and I would have much rather let's just say if they don't even talk about the rest of the league. Yeah, and this is just. A study on Batman's clash with Superman's ideology. Right. Right? And then them ultimately coming to the fact that, like, it doesn't all have to go at breakneck speed. Like, if you go down during a battle, take your time to recover. Mm-hmm. Because you're, you'll are you be much better served recovered full than you were to rush back into the field. Right. Right? The moon will be a much better served entity in the sky yeah as a fully functioning regular moon mm-hmm. than a battle machine right like batman wanted to make it yeah you know maybe he not did, a battle machine like a like a station wanted, yeah well he wanted you know? to like ultimately reinforce it so that it wouldn't break again i think that was <laughs> but he broke it so well, to me like it's but like that's the thing like as a i think as a character study for for that situation i would have loved to just see superman and batman yeah Right, but the the like again, like I, I understood why it was written the way that it was, right? Um, I think. Well, I mean, as a Justice League issue, you ultimately have to talk about the Justice, the Justice League, League, yeah, right. So, I I think, you know, they really took the time to really show sort of the 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 personal struggles that each member of the league is going through in this particular moment, right? Which is why they went into that particular monologue of Wonder Woman going through each individual person's uh, sort of little space, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And again, this, this event that Batman created with the coronavirus was used to sort of take them out of their personal wallows and bring them together to sort of get their spirits back up, so to speak, right? Um, again, I understand, I understand why it's written the way that it, that it is. Like, I mean, truthfully, like, you're right. Like, the coronavirus, like, they could have used any situation, right? It didn't have to necessarily be the coronavirus, right? Mm-hmm. It, but that was the device that they, that they chose to get their message across, and I understood it. Now, what was funny to me was when <laughs> when they were going through uh, each person's uh, space, they're just like, yeah, you know, it's not bad, uh, but definitely could be better. But it's certainly not as bad as Batman. Yeah, Batman. Because <laughs> his space is just keep out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that was... But that's the, the sort of the, the individual uh, analysis that they have for each member of the league, right? And mm-hmm. uh, 
even though it felt like a bit of a filler issue, um, I feel like it's it's setting itself up for the the issues up ahead, right? Because we know something big is coming, so mm-hmm. we are gonna have to see. Yeah, and <clears throat> I think it's just it could be my understanding of there was that um, the conversation between Superman and Batman, yeah, about change, mm-hmm. right? About uh, about them needing to change right. to become more prepared mm-hmm. for this thing that's coming, right? Mm-hmm. And Superman is under the belief that like we need to just embrace this change that's coming, mm-hmm. you know, but we can still carry on and do what we need to do to to serve the world. Yeah. Um and I think it's it's maybe it's just my understanding of that conversation, but I felt like it was it the conversation was there and I think it was supposed to be a reflection of why Bruce sent the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. I just didn't, on the grander scheme of the issue itself, I didn't understand why it needed to be sent. So, but, you know, that's just my understanding of it. Yeah. Right? If I just read the issue on its own and it's just them having a clash of ideologies, it still would have stood the same for me. Right. Yeah. Right. I, well, Batman chose his way to get his message across. And <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he did it in a very Batman way. So yeah, but I, having I, said that, yeah. having said that, having Jorge Jimenez draw the Corona Force, yeah, is crazy. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, especially <laughs> that when that mega came along, I was like, yeah. "This is a legit." I was like, "Holy shoot, it's a Predalien!" The guy drew drew a Predalien. <laughs> yeah, basically, and I was like, "This is a legit creature." <laughs> like, yeah. So it was. It's great to see that being drawn. Mm-hmm. It just for me, it didn't quite land. I, but I, I think it. It really does suit the way that. Batman gets his message across in so many different ways because even though uh, Bruce considers Clark to probably be his closest friend even then like I can't imagine them having like a really like really really deep conversation about this Mm -hmm. you know what I mean so he's just like okay so instead of talking about it let me just do the Batman thing and just send and force the way <laughs> and force yeah. and force his way. So again, like I understood why they wrote it the way they did. Mm-hmm. They tried to, I guess, do it in a way that suits each character's ideology and and the way they behave in the best way possible. Right. Because also rebuilding the moon is a super Superman thing to do. Yeah. Right. Like it's a real <laughs> Superman thing to do. Yeah. Right. So. Um, we'll just have to see what this setup really means going forward mm-hmm. right because the i mean there's a reason why they there's always a reason why you you write things in a particular way right i think it's just a matter of time uh until we sort of figure out why this issue was written the way it was yeah i still like the issue it's still a good issue i still, I, yeah. I still enjoy i do enjoy the writing i think the way that Scott writes the characters themselves, the way they talk is to the character. Yeah. It's just, I think for the first time in the issues in Justice League, I felt like it didn't, it didn't stick the landing for me in terms of the grander picture of what they're trying to show with the totality, Mm -hmm. with the Legion of Doom and stuff like that. Like, it was an issue that 
I felt like wanted to be a part of the overall picture of what the league is trying to represent. Yeah. But for me, it was kind of presented in a way that I didn't need to see it happen that way. Right. I mean, I, I personally... Still a good issue. I personally saw it as a stepping stone issue. Like, I never... I didn't read it and go, yeah, that's... That wasn't my thought process. I didn't mm-hmm. think, like, oh, yeah, it wants to be part of the bigger picture. Like, I I, I think they... they they took this time and this issue as as some sort of a setup to maybe answer like a couple of questions here and there and then they will ramp up again for for the next for the for the next thing right so um i mean i think maybe that's probably why i see it the way that i see it maybe or because i just don't think of it as like a a really serious issue yeah (laughs) right so Yeah, yeah yeah and like I, I always try to refrain from saying or calling something a filler issue. Yeah. Because I don't think so far, like on Justice League, we've had the two issues of James Tinian writing uh The Legion of Doom. Yeah. The the two parter. Yeah. And they were like spread out throughout the, the book so far. Mm-hmm. Even those books I felt like were serving a grander picture of what the Legion is trying to accomplish with the totality. Right. So I still felt that in the grander scheme, even written by a different writer, mm-hmm. it still served its purpose. Yeah. For me, because of the fact that they introduced the coronavirus that literally came and left mm-hmm. with just pure manipulation from Batman. Yeah. That I felt like it, to me, it didn't serve that grander picture because now the coronavirus have nothing to do with the situation. Yeah. It was just Batman using that as a way to try to to try to manipulate change with yeah. Superman, right? But it didn't quite stick for me. But having yeah. said that, it's still a good issue. Yeah. And I think it helps that this book comes out every other week. Yeah, It helps that because it, it's coming out at a rapid pace that... It's allowed you, you to have those issues. Exactly. Yeah. You're not, you don't feel like you're just being like, oh, now I gotta wait another month to see what happens. Yeah. Like it's still like to me, it still served its purpose. It's just certain issues will serve a larger purpose than others, right? Right. I think we, we just gotta. You really gotta take it issue by issue, right? Especially yeah. with a with a with a bi monthly. Yeah, right? for you, sure. You just gotta take it by issue week- by issue. By by bi weekly, bi monthly, bi weekly. Bi weekly would mean it comes out twice a week, no? No, no. Bi weekly, it's it, means it comes out every two weeks. Yeah, every two sorry. weeks. Bi monthly is every other. It month. still confuses me. Uh, really? Yeah, bi weekly. Correct. My mistake. <laughs> it's all good, man. It's it's all good. You know, you just well, added um, six more weeks to the release schedule, whatever. <laughs> so just start crying now. <laughs> all right. So, do anything you want to add to Justice League Nine before we move on? Uh, I hope that the next issue isn't something like this. That's my only. What, wish. what do you mean? Like just another sort of stepping stone sort of issue. Oh, really? Yeah. Like I, I feel like one one issue like this every couple of issues is okay, mm-hmm. but I think back to back to me is a little too much. Mm-hmm. Like, cause then it just really slows down the pace. Oh, did you say you hope it's not, or you hope it? I is? I hope it's not. Oh, I thought you said you hope it is. Oh, I was like, oh, really? No, no, no. <laughs> I hope it isn't because okay. then it really brings down the pace, right? Yes. And then, and then I think for them to do that and then jack it up again in the issue after that, like I think it's gonna be too crazy of a jump yeah but uh i always trust the writing of of this team so we'll see for sure for sure 
Yeah, me too. I do hope that it's one of those. Like, I hope next issue starts up a new, a new story arc, like an actual new big yeah. overarching thing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Because they did set it up for that the previous issue. Yeah. And then this issue came out. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> last issue talked about Perpetua. Yeah. And I was like, I really want to know what is going on yeah. with Perpetua. And then Chronovores came around. Now, if they had taken um, this issue to go into a bit more detail about Perpetua and maybe what each of them... Uh, members of the league thought about Perpetua or you know something similar along those lines I feel like that would have been a much more productive issue yes um, not to say that this wasn't productive but I think it would have served the main storyline a bit more than, than what they did here mm-hmm. for sure yeah, yeah. but again they, they have their plan and I'm and I'm gonna trust it because obviously everything's been good so far so exactly yeah yeah, yeah. so alright Let's go ahead and move on to book number three. So this is a brand new series from Image. It's called Blackbird. The Blackbird. Blackbird. Blackbird issue one. It's written by Sam Humphreys with art by Jen Bartel. Uh, layout artist Paul Reinwand. Uh, Rain, Rainwand? <laughs> Reinwand? I want to say Reinwand or Rainwand. I don't know. Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry, Paul. <laughs> if somehow you, uh, you listen to this, I'm every, so sorry. Every time Jerry does this, it's just... It's so funny. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Rain One, by the way. Right? I well, I don't know why I say Rain. Yeah, Rain Lake. Okay. The colors <laughs> by Nayung Wilson and Jem Bartel, and letters by Jody Wynn. I did pretty good there. <laughs> I mean, I can't mess that one up. <laughs> I would hope not. Anyway. <laughs> um. So, what do you think of Blackbird? I really like it. Yeah, I really, yeah, really me like too. it. Me too. Uh, because it's it doesn't follow. You know what this reminds me of? Hmm? It reminds me of the two K nineteen storyline. And let me explain. Okay. Let me explain. There's parallels. NBA two K nineteen. NBA two K nineteen. What other two K nineteen is there? Uh, NHL. Does are they two K oh, as well? Oh no, that no, that's EA, and I don't think two K is WWE. Oh yeah, I guess. Oh yeah, I guess so. Anyways, NBA two K nineteen. So for for our listeners, the the main storyline with with NBA two K nineteen is that you're an undrafted player who was expecting to be drafted. So instead of going to the NBA, you actually start off your my career in the CBA. I know where you're going with this. And then you yeah, yeah, and then you end up going. You know, to the Shanghai Bears, and then mm-hmm. make your way to the G League, and then to the NBA. So it's a feel-good story, right? Right. Uh, but a feel-good story that has its ups and downs for its character, right? Uh, similar to Blackbird, we have our main character Nina, who believes that she's supposed to be a paragon, right? Who believes that she's supposed to be a part of this magical world. Uh, ever since she witnessed that myth, that magical creature when she was a child after an earthquake yeah right so she goes through her life sort of as a wreck until she finally sees the magical creature again but instead of them taking Nina they take her sister Marissa instead Mm -hmm. 
And then now I believe this is going to be a journey about Nina now trying to find her way into this magical world and wondering why they took her sister instead of her when she said, that's supposed to be me. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's where I draw the parallels okay. between Blackbird right. and, and, I see that. and 2K19. Right? And But I do, but I enjoy these storylines because it doesn't follow something so typical. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, what would be a typical way that this would have went? Uh, Nina discovers magic. She enters a magical world, and then we follow her magical adventure. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, absolutely. But now, I mean, it's similar. I'm sure she's going to find her way there. But now it's going to be her trying to find her way while navigating herself through the real world where people around her don't believe what she's talking about. Mm -hmm. Right? And to me, that makes for a much more interesting story. Yeah. And I think the part about people not believing what she's talking about still exists in a lot of typical stories. Yeah. And then you get the other magic reveal and then she enters it and proves everyone wrong. Yeah. But it still didn't happen. It still and didn't the happen. the twist kept coming. Exactly. And the twist came again and took her sister and now nobody will still believe her. And I think that's the cool part where it's... Sorry, I'm just pouring my coffee. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think that's the really cool part where it's just... You, she's just constantly going through this thing where she's trying to be accepted for what she believes in. Yeah, and it just doesn't come. And that's the whole thing, right? Yeah. She, she, we, we keep getting these. Even within the first issue, we keep getting these moments where, like, we think, okay, this is her time, and then it's not her time. Yeah. So she, it's just, it's just her perpetually getting knocked down and knocked down and knocked down. And then it's just like you're reading it and just like, okay, but when is it? When is her time? And I, and I think that really helps drive the story forward. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's this story about how she's just constantly looking for it, that her life has pretty much fallen behind. Yeah. But she's still looking for that moment. Yeah. Right? And it's kind of a tragic tale too because you're seeing as she's progressing and moving forward in her life, but not in the way that you would have normally done so. Yeah. If not for an experience like this. Yeah. And she's constantly looking for sort of that way out of this of her situation now. Yeah. But it's just not coming. And how long do you wait? Yeah. And right? and that's the whole thing. It's <clears throat> when you look at it, when you look at her story and 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 her situation within the context of our world and how we see things like she doesn't actually have it bad at all Mm -hmm. right she has a place to stay like her sister's letting her stay she has an opportunity to go and get an an higher education Mm -hmm. she has work right so it's i mean aside from her bad drug habit yeah uh she honestly doesn't really have it that bad but what makes but what makes her situation worse now from the eyes of the reader is that we now know that there's a world that exists outside of outside of her world the real world Mm -hmm. and what makes it tragic is that even though she has such a good situation going on she's not accepting it Mm -hmm. she doesn't accept it so because of that it only drives 
her situation to get worse and worse and worse and worse. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, <laughs> there's because we all know somebody like that. Yeah, right? we absolutely. All, we all know somebody like that who, you know, when you look at, at their situation objectively, like really it's not that bad. Mm-hmm. But it's bad for the person um, in discussion because they just don't want to accept what they have. Yeah. Right? It, it, it's just not good enough Because for them. They're, they believe they're meant for something more. Ex- exactly. Yeah. Right? Where, I mean, if anybody else, if you just accept the fact that it's not happening, then yeah, you can make your life much better in the context of the real world. Mm-hmm. Right? For sure. Now, if you don't want, if you don't want to accept the fact that, you know, you know, if you don't want to accept your real world situation because you know there's a, a, a entirely different magical world happening, <laughs> that's a different story, right? That's yeah. a much different story. But if you take that away and you apply it to like personal situations, yeah, it's it's kind of a sad story. Yeah, right? exactly. And I think, and I think ultimately that's going to be touched upon in this book as well because literally nobody else has seen this thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And conveniently this sort of fairy looking person comes around and tells everyone to forget and they forgot yeah except for her except for her even though they did this even though she did the same thing to Nina Nina can just fake forgetting yeah so I think what we're almost gonna see is something of did that really happen yeah or did the trauma of something happening in that moment change Nina's perspective of what really went down right Right now, she's maybe coping with it using this magical world, mm-hmm. right? Because we've seen a whole bunch of crazy magical stuff happening in this, in her point of view, right? You know, we see her then see the, um, the uh, what was, what do you call that circlet? A cir- a cirque, yeah. a paragon cirque, that that wristlet thing that mm-hmm. she had, and she put yeah. a gem in it, and then it opened up this this huge like building and then the guy was there and then the building disappears yeah and she's all happy about it and everything but it's literally things that nobody else has seen mm-hmm. right and she's constantly taking pills to to push that down to push the pain away so she's taking painkillers yeah right so I felt like with alcohol yeah with all <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like it's one of those things where she it could be a coping mechanism yeah and i truthfully don't know if the magic world exists now i i for sure know that i i mean not for sure like in my See, it's hard because yeah. i feel like it exists i feel like it exists too you yeah. only you you believe what you see right but if what you see is only you seeing it then it's different then what is the you know it's validity just, of it's that. just like if you if you yell in a forest and nobody hears you. Are you really yelling? Exactly. Sort of thing, right? Exactly. Yeah. And nobody else has seen this thing. So, what is the validity of what she's seeing? Yeah. And the one time the mythical creature comes about, Marissa's gone. Yeah. So there's no confirmation. Mm-hmm. Right. So ultimately, what what is it that she's seeking? Yeah. Now, to 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 go on to your point, if she had, if she was taking these painkillers sort of behind the scenes without without the without the artist really pointing it out and then these things happen mm-hmm. 
then yeah, there they would definitely be for sure she's tripping out. <laughs> yeah. Right? But a lot of these situations are happening while she's sober. That's exactly right? it. Right? So it's like, because she's sober that she's imagining these things for yeah. a better life. Yeah. And she's taking it to suppress it down. Yeah. <clears throat> but and she's it, constantly looking for it too. So I don't think that theory holds up much water anyways. But because she's actually looking for these things. Yeah. It's kind of like. Uh, yeah. It's kind of like Gideon Falls. Kind of. Right. You're, you're yeah. just searching for pieces of the barn. Yeah. I really miss Gideon Falls. Uh, <laughs> it's coming back. It's coming back. It's coming back. Should be this month. Uh, yeah. Sometimes. Yeah, I think month. it's uh, two weeks from now. I think so. But I digress. Anyway, uh, <laughs> that's not what we're talking about. Um, no, but overall, like, I really enjoy the way that they're laying out this story because it's, it's setting up for for a really spectacular journey moving forward. Mm-hmm. And the artwork, my God, the yeah. artwork and the coloring is absolutely beautiful. Yeah, love it. Absolutely love it. Like just the just like the because um, you can tell that they're really going for. Um, like a really neon themed yes uh artwork even the way they drew uh nina mm-hmm. right with her hair all neon blue if <laughs> <laughs> this is going to make for a really spectacular visual masterpiece i think so i think so forward. yeah i've been following jem pardell's stuff on instagram on twitter for a while now mm-hmm. and this book has been like she's been showing like works on this book for a while yeah and it's just every time I see it I'm just like oh spectacular stuff and she shows like her process and stuff like that too and it's just really really cool stuff and mm-hmm. then to see the actual book now it's just like wow the, this is going to be something special yeah yeah now to add insult to injury I'm just seeing this now to add insult to injury for Nina not only does uh the beast grab her sister instead of her but he, the beast also smacks her away like oh. <laughs> like yo you really don't belong here like <laughs> my goodness <laughs> like, let go of my sister Flack. yeah <laughs> <laughs> now here's the thing though at and, the end when yeah. she she takes her last painkiller yeah and the cat and then up. the cat see now it Ah, oh, there's just a lot of there's a lot of things happening right now. Well, because she's she's talking about how she doesn't remember when's the last time she took it, right? Right. So she she could be ODing again. Yeah. <laughs> so well, yeah. Mm. So then Sharpie shows up with a third eye. Yeah, and just completely trips. This guy, this guy became the Raven all of a sudden. <laughs> 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 it's gonna be TN. Yeah. So I, I mean, I'm, I'm ecstatic to see where they take the story moving forward. Yeah. Like for I, sure. I, I think this is one of those issues that, or one of those stories that I don't expect it to be as good as it was. Mm-hmm. And when you read it, it just completely blows you away. Yeah. Again, like when I, I spoke about this in, in our bonus episode, I'm not a small publisher guy. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not. Like right. you're not an indie. Uh, like I'm not a I'm not an indie thing. reader, but when something like this comes along for me, like it, it's one of those things I just can't stop talking about, mm-hmm. right? Like Gideon Falls was the same thing, right? When something good like that comes along, that's not part of you know Superman, Batman, The Flash, whatever. Like when it blows me away, it really blows me away, mm-hmm. and this is one of those books for me. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's going to be the start of something really special. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I feel like the dynamic between the creative team is is all there. It's on yeah. it's on display, and they could really do something crazy with the magical world. Yeah, just based on artistic talent alone. Yeah, so I I can see this becoming like a multiple volume sort of story. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, and um, if they take it that far, like I would not be surprised. One hundred percent. It's gonna be it's an ongoing right. So yeah, I've, you know it's got at least. I would say it's got maybe like 30, 40 issues, maybe more. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Because now that they've set up, because even the way that within this issue that they're setting up the, their world, like it's really smart. Mm-hmm. Right? They don't give you too much right away. And it leaves just enough, it leaves enough room for you to learn a bit about the world with each issue as it goes along. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, we're we're basically discovering this world in the same way that that Nina's discovering it. Yeah. Right. So I, I think it's a real smart way of doing it, and it leads to that potential for like a multiple volume storyline. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh. So good. Visually. So good. Visually. Just oh, stunning. Yeah. Cover page. Stunning. <laughs> it's stunning. The I think the line work is just it's very clean. The colors are bright, neon, eye-catching. Look at the shading, just, too. Like, my yeah, goodness. Yeah, for sure. I and can't. No, it's really well done. I do really enjoy this book. Sorry, I know it sounds like we're rambling on, but... <laughs> like, it's, like you, I mean, listeners, you really got to see this book for yourself. You really got to see it for yourself. Yeah. Then you'll understand what we're talking about. <laughs> so, yeah, if you haven't already, uh, you know, go to your local comic shop, go pick this book up. It, you're not going to regret it. This is going to be a fantastic book. So... Uh, did you have any closing thoughts on Blackbird number one? Great job. <laughs> Great job. Uh, this is how you set up a first issue. This is how you set up a first issue. Yeah. 100%. Uh, especially when it's a character that doesn't already have a lot of history behind it. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, truthfully, for you know, for number ones, let's say, for example, for Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, whatever, right? For the big, big, big superheroes. You don't really got to do much to set it up. Yeah. Right. You just have to make sure that you're writing a compelling storyline. Mm-hmm. Right. But for like, if you're writing a brand new character in a brand new world that for the most part, nobody has an idea what's going on. This is the way to do it. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. Well done. Well done. Yeah. And I like that they didn't spend too long in the past. Yeah. Like they just sort of established it, got it out of the way. Yeah. And then now they're in the current world That's but it, it told us everything we needed to know exactly right so exactly yeah fantastic job okay so i think that pretty much wraps up our uh, comic discussion now we were going to talk about a fourth book so this is a brand new umbrella academy a brand new volume called hotel oblivion however because it's been so long from the previous volume I feel like if we just start talking, because this book was just was just all over the place. It was way all over. It, the place. it was so it was so confusing if you don't already know what Umbrella Academy is, because it, it jumps between like seven different characters. Oh yeah, 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 yeah exactly. It jump well, it jumps between all the characters, right? Yeah. So it catches us up on what they're doing, but mm-hmm. you gotta read the previous volume. So we're not gonna go we're not gonna go into um, any sort of discussion with that book today. I think in the future, if we find um, if we find that there's like a I guess a a week where we're just not covering much mm-hmm. 
then that would be a good time to jump back into Umbrella Academy. Because then that gives us more room to actually discuss. Because, exactly. Because this is one of those books that um, has a lot of history behind it. Exactly. And we're going to have to talk about the previous volumes as well. So it's right. just going to be a huge discussion on that. So right. we'll save that for another week. Okay, so. The coffee. The coffee. Let's go ahead and talk about the coffee that we just had. Initial thoughts, Jerry. Initial thoughts. It's, I like it. Yeah. I like it. It doesn't, it doesn't really strike me that hard in terms of the notes. Yeah. It, um, upon first sip, I was kind of like, what kind of flavor are they going for here? What kind of flavor is jumping out at me? And the only thing I really got was apple. And mm-hmm. that was almost reaching for me. Yeah. Like, I'm getting some plum in this one. For me, as a coffee, it's a little too tart for me. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big tart coffee guy. Um, but I'm getting some plum. I do understand where you're coming from with the apple. Mm-hmm. But I'm also getting something... Oh, wow, that was really tart. <laughs> <laughs> I am getting something a little... Almost a little nutty. Okay. Like, does do you get that? Just a little bit. Well, maybe like a walnut. Okay. Where it's just like it's a really like because walnut as a flavor, it's very like it's not overpowering. Like it's a very almost neutral flavor. Right. Right. Um, but I'm gonna go with. Let's go with that thing. Let's go with apple, plum, and walnut. Okay. Let's do that. And let's see that. where it goes. <laughs> okay. Let's go three for three. Let's go cashews. Ooh. Ooh. Dried fruit and apricot. Yo, we were not that far off, man. Okay. We just got like we had similar fruits. We just didn't get super the, specific. We didn't get super specific. Yeah. I'm but the sl- notes are there. Okay, the notes so that are makes there. sense now. So you know we didn't we didn't do too bad. We on got this a one. nut on that one. Yeah. We got a dried fruit, which could be a plum. Or it could be an apple. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel like the apple would be closer to the apricot. You think so? Just because they both start with the letter A. Wow. <laughs> they are not the same. <laughs> <laughs> no, are not the same. But I can kind of see where they're coming from with the apricot. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Uh, but again, it's like, I, I think, I just think that the, the particular fla- flavor profile, like these are really like, they're not overpowering standout flavors mm-hmm. you know what i mean like these notes so i mean overall i mean i enjoy it it's just the tartness for me is is just not for me mm-hmm. right yeah mm. but it is a good coffee i mean yeah i'm enjoying it now because i haven't had a coffee yet today so <laughs> that's why i i said all those things and i took a sip i was like mm. <laughs> very contradictory um <laughs> So yeah, that's our that's our coffee for the for the day, man. We got pretty close. I say it's one of the closer ones we've had uh, in a while. Where all three was in the ballpark. Yeah, yeah. I would say yeah. So. I would say we we're pretty close this time. You know, I'm proud of ourselves. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah, give a ourselves pat, a pat, pat on the back. Pat on the back. Pat pat on the back. back for there us. you go. There you go. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's go ahead and go to our offerings to dark side. Offerings to dark side. And we're at. The Offerings to Dark Side segment, and in this segment, what we do is we take something outside of comics, something outside of coffee, and it's something that we enjoy and we offer it to you, the listeners, and we hope it becomes something that you'll enjoy as well. 
Victor, what do you got for us this week? Wow, just jumping right into it, eh? Yeah, you know. Uh, <laughs> so this week, Jerry. Yes. My offering to Dark Side is Fairy Tale: The Final Series. So for those of us who, or for those of you really, uh, <laughs> who don't know what Fairy Tale is, it's it's a, a manga series that uh, originally came out in 2006, and uh, it's about a character named Natsu. So it follows uh, three main characters, Natsu, Happy, and Lucy. And they're a part of a magical guild called Fairy Tale. And they have magical powers that allow them to do battle, right? So it's, a, it's very much a shonen manga, right? Uh, and it follows their adventure about all the different uh, trials and tribulations that they go through. It's a very, it was a very successful run. Uh, and it just ended recently in July uh, of last year. So it did a it did an eleven year sixty three volume run, uh, and it was very successful. Uh, so this final series is going to animate the the last uh, the last I believe fifty chapters. I'm not too sure. I can't. Remember. I have to go back and look. But the last bit of uh, of the manga that they didn't get a chance to to animate. So. Uh, if you haven't heard of Fairy Tale, and if you're or you haven't followed the show in general, uh, there's a lot of catching up to do. Uh, there was 278 episodes of the show. That's a lot of episodes <laughs> prior to this final series coming out. Right now, uh, if you want to do, uh, if you want to read the manga before going into final series, I believe that's the faster way to do it. Okay, um, or you can just sort of take your time and. And go through the show before reaching the final series, sort of similar to what you did with uh, Dragon Ball Super. Right. Right. Even though it ended, you still went through the 130, <laughs> 130 episode run. Yeah. Right? One thirty. Yeah. One thirty one. Yeah. One thirty. We're not done yet, but yeah. we're catching up. We're catching up exactly. Yeah. So, um, I would highly recommend that you do take the time to follow the show. It is a really riveting adventure that you follow with these guys. Um. If you and if not, then you can also take your time and read the manga. I, I thought it was a very enjoyable read as well. Nice. So okay. again, the series is called Fairy Tale Final Series. Back to you, Jerry. <laughs> what you got? <laughs> I for haven't this read week? anything fairy tale, so that's okay. If I'm gonna try to catch up, maybe I'll do it the anime fashion. But I don't know. That seems to be the way to go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for most people, <laughs> what you got for us this week, Jerry? All right. So this week, I've got us a board game. Whoa! It's called. Okay, before I reveal what it's called, do you enjoy revenge stories? Yes. Do you? In, huh? Oh, that was supposed <laughs> to be like a like a movie intro. Oh, oh, sorry. Go on. <laughs> okay, so if you enjoy revenge series, like if you enjoy, no, no, go, go, like, no, no, um, stop, stop. Go on with your little movie oh, okay. spiel. Sorry. Do you on. enjoy <laughs> revenge stories? Do you enjoy movies like Taken, John Wick, Another Revenge Story? <laughs> what was that hold on uh, Keanu <laughs> that's a good revenge movie right there <laughs> yeah Keanu yeah Keanu um, if you enjoy all that stuff this game is basically that but played out over three acts so what what it is it's the game is called Vengeance it's you're, you play as one of the characters that were wronged by a faction so there's a bunch of different factions like the cartel the yakuza blah 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 and they've wronged you 
and they've like badly hurt you and like there's like the backstory stuff on each one of these characters right so you start the game hurt bruised and all that stuff so you spend the first act really you can just go straight out and look for revenge so there's all these different hideouts that you can scout out and see where the boss where one of the henchmen is for the gang that hurt you Mm -hmm. and you have to try to find them because all the gangs are in there and you have to try to find the hideout of where they're at if you can scout the one that is for you that it that belongs to the big boss that has wronged you then you can just go and clear house and then you go to the next one and the next one after that and the tiles uh for each one they get replaced after you've cleared it so what it is it's basically on each one of the acts there's like the downtime there's the preparation and then there's the revenge right and then it plays out pretty much like a movie pretty much like the way movies are set up so it's really cool because you can you you'll find your character slowly becoming stronger right right and then because it's a revenge movie styled type of game you do also go in and you can do some crazy things based on the luck of your dice rolls so I had one where um, where one of my where my character basically ran in and it was like a two room three room situation and if you have like a melee weapon you have to go through room by room mm-hmm. I had a gun I had two guns and if you roll gun damage then you can start inflicting damage to adjacent rooms I basically ran in shot two guys behind the counter stabbed the guy in front of me jumped in the next room shot the boss jumped into the other room stabbed this guy went in and finished the boss came back out wow and <laughs> it was crazy because like it, the way it rolls and the way you're just moving about does kind of play like a movie and they, they capture that essence really well Dark Horse Comics does not condone gun violence <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> or, or violence of any kind or violence of any kind <laughs> <laughs> Superman only knocks people out he doesn't, he doesn't kill people so it is a really fun like it's a really fun play on that genre yeah and it captures the essence really well so you're competing against other players at the table and everybody has sort of got their own revenge tracker so they've all been wrong by different people right so is it possible for you as a player to run into another player who's on their own revenge track and then you guys sort of have to like do you guys duke it out or no so you don't really cross paths or is it whoever finishes the revenge first exactly okay like you're looking to finish your own revenge first okay yeah it's actually really cool like I'm assuming this is is it like a four player game yeah it's four players plays up to four everybody plays a character yeah and then all the different gangs are sort of mixed together and then on the board you're sort of trying to scout out where is where yeah and with other people scouting like you can also see like if they're not going there and you see that though and you see the gangs that have wronged that guy you can kind of process through process of elimination see like hey who do you think will be left at that hideout mm-hmm. and you might not have to you might not have to spend your scout token for example right um and then you can get additional skills you can get one-time use items and stuff like that so that sounds really cool it's I th- yeah I it's think pretty that, fun uh, i think that the, the lot of us got to get together and play that one time yeah man for sure that sounds like my kind of game <laughs> yeah. it's pretty fun and you don't ever feel like you're completely op Mm-hmm. but you also don't feel like you're helpless like you can't finish a mission right. like if you go in and you've sort of thought about it after you've gone in 
you can finish it. So it's not like Zombicide where no, like, <laughs> no. Zombicide it gets to a point where it's just you just can't overrun you. You just right? can't win exactly. Yeah. This isn't quite that situation. Mm-hmm. The the stages do get harder, like yeah. uh, depending on the difficulty of the tiles, because yeah. then you progress through difficulty in the tiles, right? Right. But as that's happening, you're you're to scale improving your character, right? So, yeah. so it's like uh, it's like you're running in as the Punisher. But you have to level up the Punisher. Yeah, like it's almost like um, it's almost like Tom Jane's Punisher, mm-hmm. where he just got beat up, and he's just you know progressing and blah blah blah, and then ultimately at the end he takes them all out. Right. So it's that type of thing, you know. Um, I guess similarly to John Wick as well, it gets gets whooped and stuff like that, and it starts right, preparing right, and it right. goes and takes everyone out. So that sounds really cool. It's a fun game. It's a fun game. I would highly recommend. It. It's called Vengeance. We might have to play that right away. Right after the recording, let's go play. <laughs> yeah, we get some people over and get that game going. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, so I think that pretty much concludes the offerings to Dark Side segment. So before I get into our outro, before I sort of sign off, I want to talk about what we're going to be discussing next week. Next week, we have the release of Captain America number four and the release of Venom number seven, which is a start of a Whoa. brand new arc. Venom number seven. Yeah, no, it's good. It's it's gonna be really exciting. Uh, get that new you know what we need to do? And, uh, hmm? We got to go watch the movie. Yep. It's out. We haven't seen the movie yet. <laughs> I haven't seen the movie yet, no. Um, I'm hearing mixed reviews. So am I. Yeah. But whatever, I'll, I'll, I'll withhold judgment. I like Tom Like I like Tom Hardy. He's a good actor. So. But you can, well, you can put a good actor in a bad movie, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll, 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 again, we'll reserve judgment. We'll see. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, yeah. That'll be, those are the books that we're going to be talking about next week. It's going to be released the day after this episode airs. So if you're listening to this on a Tuesday, day after, make sure you go to your local comic shop, pick up the books, read the books, and then we'll discuss, and you'll hear the discussion the week after. Um, So thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Remember, if you like what we do on this podcast, please hit that subscribe button on the podcast service provider of your choice. We can be found on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And also remember to rate and leave us a review on iTunes if you have some time. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions about the show, about what we've talked about, or if you have a book you want us to discuss on the show, please email us at contact at darkrosecomics.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at twitter.com slash darkrosecomics, twitter.com slash utterlygeeky for myself, and twitter.com slash victorjyoung for my co-host Victor. You can also find us on Instagram at instagram.com slash darkrosecomics, and we also have a Facebook page at facebook.com slash darkrosecomics. If you want to be a part of the community, you can join our Facebook group at Dark Rose Comics Group. And as always, take care. Bye.